One of the things that stops small business owners from creating marketing content consistently is this feeling of being uninspired, of having no idea what to say in the first place. If you can relate to this, you are in good company. So many of us struggle with knowing what our marketing content should actually be about. But I am here to help. I have come up with 100 prompts that you can use to guide your marketing from your social media posts to your emails to your longer form content. I guarantee that these prompts will get you inspired and that you'll have more ideas than you even know what to do with. You can download this list of 100 marketing prompts for free at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100 prompts. That's makinggoodpodcast.com slash 100-P-R-O-M-P-T-S. Welcome back to Making Good, the podcast for small businesses who want to make a big impact. This is episode 11. But before we get into the episode, can I ask you a favor? Will you send this podcast to someone you think would enjoy it? I would be so, so grateful for your help in spreading the word. Okay, back to the episode. Today, I'm sharing five things I've learned since I started my business. I could have saved myself a lot of time, money, and energy if I had known these five things earlier. But since I can't go back in time, I hope that this is valuable for any of you early on in your business journey. But even if you're not a brand new business owner, there's something in here for you too. Some of these lessons I'm still in the process of learning several years in. So let's get into the first thing I've learned, and that is to prioritize finding community. When I first quit my job in the corporate world and found myself a small business owner, I thought I'd have no trouble with my new working environment. After all, in past jobs, I'd worked from home a lot and really enjoyed it. I'm introverted, love spending time by myself, and I'm much more of a lone wolf than a group project type of person. But after the initial excitement of starting up Good Sheila passed, I found myself struggling to stay motivated. Pretty much everyone in my social circle worked fairly normal nine to five type jobs, and I couldn't really relate to anyone in terms of career. When you start a business, you have so many questions. Everything is new and your fancy LLC in the mail doesn't come with an instruction manual. I found myself getting frustrated and stuck at every turn with very few people to ask for help. At a certain point, I felt myself twirling around in my office chair, feeling aimless, missing having coworkers, and in some ways, even a boss. Can someone just tell me what to do, please? And so I did what you would do. I went on the internet. Long story short, I invested in a couple of small business programs and loved connecting with other small business owners. I even went to an in-person retreat led by an incredible coach who you'll hear on this podcast soon. The more I incorporated other people, other business owners into my business, the better I felt. Even if it was just a Zoom or phone call with someone who wasn't a potential business collaborator, just a possible new friend. Don't get me wrong, I'm still an introvert. I like small groups, I struggle when I don't have downtime, and I find the prospect of introducing myself to strangers not always the most fun. But having a deep sense that I'm in this with other people Gives me energy and motivation, two things that you're going to need a lot of in your small business journey. Here are a few of my favorite places to find community. The first is Instagram, and here's my favorite way to do this. When you find someone you like or relate to on Instagram, you have to engage with them. 
follow them, like their posts. Don't wait for people to come to you. Facebook groups. There are a lot of Facebook groups. I'm in Facebook groups about calligraphy, watercolor, small business marketing, small business management, design, body positivity, West Seattle, gardening, and a lot more. No matter what business you're in, you'll be able to find some groups that relate to what you're doing. To find them, search various keywords into Facebook or search on Google for best Facebook groups for insert what you do. You can also post on social media asking for recommendations from other people who do work like you. Group programs. I'm a big fan of investing in yourself. My number one recommendation would be life or business coaching. But after that, I'd really recommend joining some kind of group program that has a social component to it. My current favorite group program is Sweaty Social Club. You heard the founder, Chris Emmer, on episode five of this podcast. Sweaty Social Club is a membership group about creating content for social media together. Check out Sweaty Wisdom on Instagram for more info about Sweaty Social Club and tell her Lauren from Making Good sent you. And finally, local groups. Look into local business groups in your area. There are meetups, groups for business leaders and female business owners, and so many opportunities. We're in the middle of COVID-19 right now, so there's not a ton of in-person socializing, but these groups often have networks that convene online as well. There are so many ways to find community, but if there's one thing I could advise you, it's don't wait for community to find you. Go after it like it's your job. The second business lesson I've learned is to stop comparing myself to others. Teddy Roosevelt said, comparison is the thief of joy. And yes, 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 it is. Comparing ourselves to those around us gets us nowhere. And I think comparison is one of the most toxic things you can do to yourself. First, we see people on the internet that seem to be cooler, more successful, more beautiful than we are. They have an amazingly decorated home office. They travel to gorgeous faraway destinations and have a 45-minute nightly skincare routine. But let's be clear, no one's life is perfect, and if someone on the internet is acting like it is, they're not telling you the truth, or at least not the whole truth. And more importantly, the energy and feelings we have toward our work makes a huge impact on the work we do. Think about it. Do you get more, better work done when you wake up in a funk, or when you wake up with a pep in your step, excited about your day and the work that you do? How we feel really matters. So it's just better business to remove the temptation to compare ourselves. My recommendation here is to clean up your social media. Shamelessly unfollow anyone who doesn't make you feel good. And you know who those people are. Scroll through your feed and just make a mental note of how you feel as you pass account after account. Anyone that doesn't feel right to you, unfollow. Another way to do this is to open an additional account and separate who you follow on each account. For example, when I started my Good Sheila Instagram, I started by only following people and accounts that were inspiring and exciting to me. I'm probably due for a cleanup on this, but I can't tell you how good it feels to see photo after photo from people and accounts that are aligned with me and make me excited. Comparison also makes us all act the same, like sheep, when in reality, our businesses should be as different as we are as people. We work differently, we have different goals, we have unique talents. Why should we try to fit into a mold that's not made specifically for us? After you spend a little time in a small business circle, you start to see a lot of things getting repeated. 
similar types of websites, similar Instagram aesthetics, even similar products. Maybe there are times to try and fit in, but deciding how to run your business is not one of them. Make business decisions based on what you know your customer wants and what will serve you and your business. There is no reason to do a certain business activity or practice just because you see other people doing it, if it won't make sense for your business. I am 100% not saying that we can't learn from others. Of course we can, and I'd encourage you to seek out leaders that you admire and respect. But what I am saying is that we should not make business decisions out of a sense of, this is how it should be done. A business leader that I admire is Alexandra Franzen, and I'll link to her in the show notes. She runs a writing business. A few years ago, she realized that social media wasn't making her feel good. So for the last two or three years, or maybe even more, she has had zero social media accounts. And yet, she has a thriving business. She is proof that you really can do it your own way and be successful at it. I would challenge you to think about the business leaders that you admire the most. Do they seem to be following trends in the industry and reacting to what other people are doing? Or do they go their own way? Related to this concept of comparison is the third biggest thing I've learned since starting my business. And that is, if it's not on your path, say no. For a long time, I had a mantra about my career. And that was, I believe in seizing opportunities. In a weird way, I think I was proud of the fact that despite my passive approach to my career, there were some definite highlights and high points without having consciously pursued them. But it took me a lot of years to see this approach as what it was. I was just being passive. I didn't think I knew what I wanted, and I definitely didn't know how to get it. I felt that I had gone too far down one path to change course without getting behind. And while I'm grateful that I did finally reach a breaking point in the corporate world, breaking the habit of going with the flow is still a daily practice for me. In the beginning of my business, I pretty much said yes to anything anyone asked of me. They wanted to meet. They wanted to partner or collaborate on something. They wanted free labor. I always said yes, no matter how often these opportunities or requests aligned with my goals. And that got me very distracted very often. A current example from my business. What I'm currently struggling with is client work. So custom watercolor and calligraphy projects. While I love these projects, I know they are not in line with my greater goals of transitioning Good Sheila fully to wholesale and focusing on Station 7 and the podcast. It started to become a lot easier to say no when I got clear on what I wanted and what activities would actually get me there. If I'm clear that my path forward is through wholesale at Good Sheila, and I am, then I can with confidence turn down the opportunities that aren't for me. This is a work in progress, but it's something I'm actively working on. An exception to this, though, is when you need the income to sustain you. As you get going, a lot of possibilities will come your way. I would just encourage you to only say yes to the ones that are on your path to where you want to go. It's helpful for me to remember that while, yes, there have been happy accidents, by and large, the things in my life and career that I'm most proud of, I got because I stopped being passive and actively went after them. Okay, moving on to the fourth biggest thing I've learned since starting my business, and that is to invest in your mindset just as much, if not more, than your skill set. This is a big one. 
And it's one that I don't think I would have been ready to hear when I started, but maybe you're more open-minded than me. So here it is. Probably gathered by now that I'm a bit of a mindset junkie. I can truly see the way that my mindset has affected my ability to do the things I want to do in my business. Don't get me wrong, there's a place for skill building. We need to know how to competently provide the product or service in a way that delights our customers. We need to find customers. We need to know how to set up our business systems. There is a lot to learn tactically. But we could go about building our skill set forever, and we should not expect or desire to have everything figured out before we start taking action. And you know what the thing is that actually makes us take action and therefore start seeing results? That is our mindset. Some of the biggest mindset shifts I've made in my business are understanding that clarity comes from action, not thinking, that you can only get better at something you suck at by doing it. You can't think your way better. Not everyone has to love or be excited about everything I do, and small actions add up. Most of us tend to read books and take courses and listen to podcasts about building specific skills, much more than we focus on improving our mindset and how it helps move us toward or away from our goals. There will be another episode on mindset soon because I love mindset, but a few places to start when you're thinking about your mindset would be James Wedmore's Mind Your Business podcast, the book Mindset by Carol Dweck. And if you have the resources, consider hiring a coach to help you understand what your mindset really is and how it can be improved. Or finally, at my fifth favorite thing I've learned since starting my business, and that is to schedule time with myself to reflect. As a student, I remember having this fantasy of what it would like to be an adult. I'd have my own apartment. I'd eat breakfast for dinner. I'd get home from work at 5 p.m. and forget about homework. I'd be free. Well, that was not the case working in the corporate world. I worked weekends, evenings, and even when I wasn't working, I was often thinking about it. And it's especially not the case as a small business owner. The thing about running a business is you're never done. There's always more you could do, and you have to learn how to just not work sometimes. It's so easy to find yourself on a hamster wheel. Which brings me to this last item on my list. Schedule time with yourself to reflect. We could spend 24-7 keeping ourselves busy with social media, writing emails, packing up orders, over-delivering for clients, planning, dot, dot, dot. And when I was first starting out, I did. I made the mistake that I know a lot of small business owners make, and if I'm honest, I still struggle with today. I let myself get consumed by the day-to-day work and rarely, if ever, sat down and took the time to get intentional about what I was working on. I didn't ask myself questions like, am I spending my time doing the things that are taking me closer to my goals? Do I even know what my goals are? Am I working efficiently or just keeping busy? How do I feel about the direction I'm going in? Am I the only person who can do this task? What would be the best use of my limited time today? So what are some ways that we can add some intention to our business practices? The first is to schedule a weekly meeting with yourself to check in on some key points about your business, like how do you feel? What are you proud of? What would you like to spend less time on or more time on next week? Another is something I call business journaling. You've heard me talk about this a little bit, and at some point I'll do an episode on it. But 
Business journaling is exactly what it sounds like. It's free writing whatever is on your mind just about your business. When you run out of thoughts, just keep going. More will come. I find that whenever I'm feeling stuck or overwhelmed, I just need to do a bit of a brain dump, get everything out there, and clarity starts to come. And then the last tip I have here is to batch your time. This means allotting certain timeframes to certain activities. For example, marketing on Mondays, administrative work on Fridays, client work on Tuesdays and Thursdays, or whatever that looks like for you. When you get into a routine of this, you'll generally know what you quote unquote should be working on at all times. And this helps you be mindful of how you're spending your time. So to recap, the five biggest things I've learned since starting my business are one, to prioritize finding community, two, to stop comparing yourself, three, if it's not on your path, say no, four, invest in your mindset just as much, if not more, than your skill set, and five, schedule time with myself to reflect. Looking back at this list I've just put together, all five things have one thing in common, intention. To those of you just starting out, if there's one thing that I hope will stick with you, it's this. Don't go with the flow. The best thing you can do for yourself when you first start your business is to get super clear on what your goals are and intentionally focus on things that actively move you toward that goal. I mentioned quite a few resources and links in this episode, so to go explore them, head over to the show notes at makinggoodpodcast.com slash 11. I'd love to chat more about this. Connect with me over at Making Good Podcast on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so, so, so love for you to leave a rating and review. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll talk to you next time.